and the gist of chapter one keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And uh, just just to review, just real briefly, if you remember, all of these things that we have in Christ, uh, our position is in Christ, our purpose is an adoption, our, 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 our purchase is our redemption, our paternity is our identification, we are children of God, right? Our promise is an inheritance in heaven, our, the proof of that is the down payment of the Holy Spirit of God and uh, the earnest pay, down payment. Our power is the indwelling Spirit of God, our prospect, we have a future that we're looking forward to. And then today I want to look at our potential, our potential as uh, children of God and our potential is dynamite. It's dynamite. Look at verse 19. That's what we're going to look at today. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. I was uh, thinking of, of illustrations. I'm always thinking of illustrations and things. And I was sitting down last night and, I, and it came back to my mind, me and my good friend Josh growing up, I spent so much time at his house and kind of lived there almost. And I was always over and, and uh, we were always doing things that, you know, I said in Sunday school, two boys is half a boy. And uh, that was, it was never good. It was never good. And uh, it is, I, I told him last night, I texted and I said, I am amazed we are walking the planet. I really am. And because we did some really silly stuff. And uh, we were one day, his parents, I guess we're having some sort of Bible study and there's people in the living room and people at their house. And so we were outside deciding to cook some hot dogs on the gas grill. This might have been about 1989, somewhere around there. And, uh, and we were going to cook the, on the gas grill and uh, it could, wouldn't start. And we've got the gas turned on, and he's holding two hot dogs, and the, the, the propane's turned on, and he'd try to click it, and it wouldn't work. And, of course, I'm like, well, let me try, you know. And the lid's down, the fuel's been open, and I'm, and I'm telling you, boom, like, I mean, flash a light. All I heard him behind me is go, whoa, like that. And Ali, it went, I mean, it was just, it was a mess. It was, it was so loud, so bright, and, uh, and it was so fast, and all of a sudden, the Side door opens and his mother says, what are you doofuses doing? You know, and that was the normal. That was our name usually was doofus. And uh, we were just trying to cook hot dogs. We didn't know how gas grills worked. Good night. Explosion. Man, there was a lot of power there. I don't have time to tell you about the acetylene bomb a friend of mine and I made. That was a lot more exciting and we're way too old to be doing that. And uh, but there was a lot of power in that explosion. All right. But you know, when you think of the atomic bomb, it pales in comparison. Many of you know uh, the atomic bomb, the, the splitting of atoms, uh, uh, of what they, how they did that, whether it was, they used uranium or plutonium uh, to make that atom bomb. And uh, many of us remember by history, I don't know if anybody would remember by living at that time, at August 6th of 1945, when we, the United States uh, first dropped that first atom bomb, uh, bomb on Hiroshima, and uh, they said when that bomb went off, it had the power of the equivalent of 15,000 tons of TNT. 15,000 tons 
of TNT. Immediately, it decimated 4.4 square miles of that city. In the city of over 343,000 inhabitants, 70,000 people immediately died from that blast. And at the end of the year, almost over 100,000 people were dead because of that blast. 67% of the city's structures in Hiroshima were gone and wiped out. And as you know, not too long after that, they dropped the second bomb there on Nagasaki on August the 9th. That blast equaled 21,000 tons of TNT. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of power. A lot of power. And one of the things God wants us to understand here in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19 is the power that is available for us to live for Christ. Think about this, the God who created everything, the God who made the atom, the God who understands it. Think about how much power it takes to create a universe that has as much power as it has. And that, that God who has that much power is living in us today if you have been born again of the Spirit of God. He is in you and that power is in you. Think of the ability that we have. And see here, we have been looking at this prayer of the Apostle Paul. He's, he's praying that God would open our eyes of understanding, helping us, even as believers, that we would understand, remember what the hope of our calling is. I'm sorry, the hope of His calling and what the majesty of the glory of his inheritance is. We've looked at that over the last two weeks, that the hope of his calling is eternal life. When we pass from this life, like Brother Klein did this week, and this carcass is placed in the ground, the moment that we close our eyes in death, forever are we with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because why? We have eternal life. We've been given that the day we came to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith and repentance. Faith towards God and repentance towards the Lord, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are immediately indwelt by the Spirit of God. We have everlasting life. That is the hope of His calling. Notice this, it's future tense. There are three tenses in these two verses, past, present, and future. Our future tense is the hope of His calling. Our past tense is the majesty of the glory of His inheritance. Remember last week, we saw, we saw uh, uh, Psalm t- chapter, or the second Psalm, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? And it goes on to say that He will give him the heathen for thine inheritance. We thought, what, a, what an awful inheritance God gets, that the Lord Jesus gets us. The heathen for his inheritance. But what makes us the majesty of the glory of his inheritance is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And, he, and listen, that is our past tense. That is, that is what happened the day we came to the Lord Jesus Christ. But today, we want to look at the present tense, which is the exceeding greatness of his power. God has provided his power on a daily basis for us to live our life in Christ Jesus. And I want to look at only two points this morning. You're going to get excited. Only two points, but you know I can take a long time on a point, right? But I just want to look at two points this morning. The supernatural scale of this power and the supernatural source of this power that we have. And we notice here in our text, number one, the supernatural scale of this power. This power, I want to give you some background before I get there, because we know that in our world, power is measurable, right? We can measure power. We can measure what I like, horsepower, right? Uh, I was just telling an old neighbor friend yesterday, he showed me his side-by-side, his, his 
gator, whatever they call them, that he just put like a, he put a motorcycle, a, 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 a motorcycle, an engine in it. It was like, he said, yeah, it's got like 50 or 50 horsepower or something like that. I'm like, man, that is awesome. And we were talking about old hot rods and stuff. And I said, yeah, the last Chevelle I had, I had about a 450 horse small block in that. And we had a 411 rear end and stupid me went and had the, couldn't, we we're too poor to afford a posi rear end. So we, you know, welded spider gears and we had a locked rear end and man, that thing was, it was, it was awesome, you know? And, uh, I like horsepower and we got talking about horsepower, but more important horsepower actually is torque. And you'll just have to go look that up. I don't have time to tell you about that. But we measure power by certain ways, by horsepower. We measure power by, by I think it's the Fujita scale, right? A tornado, an F1, F2, F3, F4. Like remember Joplin, F5, a couple of those? Boy, that's, that's, we measure the power of those tornadoes. When that tornado went through Pierce City in 2003, uh, we live south of Aurora. And we just went north of Marionville, you know. And so I went out to work the next day, and I decided to go up through Aurora, Z Highway across to Marionville. And as I got through Marionville, it went right up Z Highway. And I remember thinking, this is why Oklahoma looks like this. <laughs> there was nothing. There was like mangled trees about this big all over the I'm like, this looks like Oklahoma, man. No wonder. And it was terrible, right? There was two by fours stuck in trees. It was incredible. The power of, of, a, of a tornado or, or hurricanes and Cat 5 hurricanes. I was in uh, Isla Mirada. Uh, Florida in the Keys working one time and they were telling me one of the guys the locals I said so when the hurricanes come you get off the you get off the islands oh no we got to stay here I said F5 no our houses are built they're they're built to withstand F5s we've got to be here because we're rescued so we can't leave the islands I was like man I'd love to be there and see that that'd be awesome a power power we have ways of measuring power when somebody says f5 you know what that means when somebody says a cat five you know what that means now they've gone to naming uh winter snowstorms now it's like eileen that is not terrifying you know winter storm eileen is coming through the green it's like that doesn't scare me one bit i don't know why they don't name it like you know satan or something like that you know winter storm satan's coming through now that would make me that would make me a little concerned but what am I saying? I spent too long on this. We have ways that, that we measure power. Power is measurable. Okay. Our bodies are power producing, aren't they? Our bodies are power producing. Some more than others, right? Some, their day has come and gone, and they were pretty powerful, and now they're not, right? But there are components in our body that produce the power, right? We have a vascular system. You have a, if you have a strong heart and a, and a, that pumps blood well, I mean, it helps in your strength and vitality. Uh, tendons have a lot to do with how strong you are. I mean, you can have good muscles and weak tendons, and you're not going to ever get very strong, right? So muscles and, and, and tendons and all of those things, and the bigger those three areas, are, the more powerful the human body is. I was reading up on a guy by the name of Richard Hawthorne. He, uh, he's five foot three, 132 pounds, and probably one of the strongest men, pound for pound, in the, in the realm of powerlifting today. And I'm like, man, I want to read, I like this, you know. And so at 132 pounds, he squat 562 pounds. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, that's like 50 pounds more than I did. <laughs> Why are you laughing? 
He, squat, he deadlifted 601 pounds. He bench pressed 308 pounds. He had a three lift total of over 1,470 pounds at five foot three and 132 pounds. And after every meet, what he would do is have himself drug tested to prove he was drug free. When I competed in high school, it was ADFPA. It was drug free powerlifting. You know, you had to be tested all the time. And, uh, and I'll tell you this, the drug free guys are usually stronger than the, than the doped up guys anyway. So anyway, I, I mean, this is impressive power. This is incredible. I mean, his, his, I could go on and on about how on earth somebody that size has those type of lifts. But let me tell you this, our bodies have limits. They have limits. Hawthorne can't squat 600 pounds. Now, my niece's husband who was here, when they were here from Texas, he can squat 600 pounds. Serious. He's a big guy. Yep. This guy can't. Right? I can't. Right? Our bodies have limits. Right? Alan probably could. But, <laughs> but everybody, has, everybody has limits. So every source of power, and, and, and I hope to be clear here, I want you to follow me here. Every source of power in this universe has limits. Could you imagine if there is no, if there's some element in the universe that did not have a limit to power, it would destroy the entire universe. It would get all out of kilter. It'd be, it'd be crazy, right? But everything has limits. And because of power limits, we use additional means to generate more power. We have limitations, right? How many, how many know who the fastest man on the planet is? Anybody know? It's a weird name. You got it, yeah. Usain Bolt. What a great last name, Bolt, right? People say, how did Bathsheba get such a, she had a bath, Bathsheba. Hey, how did Bernie Madoff get the name Madoff and when he made off with everybody's money and Usain Bolt, Usain Bolt has the last name of Bolt. I mean, come on. And how many preachers, you know, the name, last name of Parsons or Bishop, right? I mean, listen, okay, it's, it's okay. Usain Bolt, right? He's fast, but he's not faster than top fuel dragster. Horsepower. 10,000 horsepower. Yeah. Well, Usain Bolt's top speed has been measured at 28 miles an hour. He's faster than a squirrel. He's faster than a mouse. He's faster than an elephant, right? But he's not faster than a cheetah. What am I saying? He has limits. Usain Bolt, has, he is fast, but he has limits. We have natural power to live in this world. We have physical strength. We have mental strength. We have emotional strength. But listen to me, we don't have enough power to live like Jesus. So we need additional, we need an additional outside source of power to live as God wants us to live. Right? We're children of God. We're adopted into the family of God. We have a position and a purpose to live every day. We have a mission, which was the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. That is our mission. That is the, the, the onus that was put upon us by the Lord Jesus Christ when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. We have a job to do, but listen, in our own ability, in our own strength, in our own capabilities, listen, we can't, take, we can't carry it out like Jesus did. It's not possible. Why? We're limited. We're limited. Do you know Usain Bolt can go 28 miles an hour, but if you strap him into a top-fuel dragster, he'll go over 300 miles an hour in less than three seconds. He can't run that fast, can he? But if you strap him to an additional outside source of power, he can do that. And I'd like to try it. Not run 28 miles an hour. Look at me. That's never happening. 
But uh, what am I saying? We can't look, listen, we can't live a supernatural life naturally. We need an outside source of power. So here it is. We, we have the, 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 notice here the supernatural scale of this power. It's beyond measure. It's outside of creation. It's outside of what we would think. It is a supernatural power. And this, this supernatural power, though, thankfully, it has a source. Look again here, verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? Do you notice the source of this power? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his power. It's his power. Notice here, there are four synonyms in this verse for the word power. Notice this in this verse. And let me give you the four Greek words because they mean nothing to me or probably to you. Well, maybe Brother Davidson knows these, but I don't. Of course, we have dunamis. We know that one. That's where you get the word dynamite from, that first word power. You have the word energia, where you get the word working. This word working is energia. You have the word mighty, which is the word iscus. And you have the word uh, power at the end of the verse here. Uh, the, the mighty power is the word kratos. There are four synonyms for the word power here in this one verse. Somebody called it a power-packed verse. Yeah, okay, it is. It really is. So the source of our power is the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the size of this power. Look what it says here. Exceeding, here you see this? What is the exceeding greatness of his power? That word exceeding, look at the, here we go. We're going outside of our source, uh, outside of our, our domain again. It is, that word exceeding there means to transcend, to exceed beyond or past anything. This power here is exceeding, and that word greatness is speaking of the magnitude of the power. That word greatness here is only used in Ephesians 1.19. It's used nowhere else in the Bible. It's used right here. And Paul is saying here by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, he's saying that, he, he's saying here what is the, the power, the magnitude of this power that transcends and exceeds beyond and past anything that we know. Watch this. The size of this power corresponds with the source. What is one of the attributes of God? He's omnipotent. What does it mean? Omnipotent, all-powerful. Yeah. It goes beyond anything that we could ever comprehend. It actually goes beyond anything that is. The magnitude of this power, it transcends and it exceeds beyond any other power source that we have. The, 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 the fastest man in the world strapping into a F-16 fighter jet might be a, the smallest example we could come up with, with power that transcends and exceeds beyond anything we know. Mach 3, Mach 4, Mach 5, speed of sound, 28 miles an hour. Oh, that's fast. Right? Fine. A cheetah, 80 miles an hour compared to the speed of sound. The power in that F-16 surpasses anything. See what I mean? Watch. The source that we have for our power exceeds anything, anything that there is. Hey, don't miss this this morning. Please don't miss this. You will never live the Christian life in your own physical strength. Amen? Are you with me? 
Amen? Amen. You will never live the Christian life in your own physical strength. You will fail every time. You will never have victory in the Christian life with your own mental strength. You will never have, have uh, uh, victory or you will never persevere in the Christian life with your own emotional strength. Listen to me. Satan is too strong for you. He really is. He really is. But praise God. God has provided us an outside source of power to live this life in victory. God has provided for something we, we could strap ourselves into to live the life that Jesus lived. Notice what the power plant really is. Verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? We know that the Lord Jesus Christ when, uh, lives in us, but he lives in us how? He lives in us by the Holy Spirit of God. What happened? Well, Jesus said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to leave you another comforter, right? And, I, and, and uh, he's going to leave the Holy Spirit. And he said, I've got to go away because if I don't go away, the, 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 the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the comforter cannot reside in you. And we would not be able to live the life that he wants us to live if the Holy Spirit of God were not living in us. So Jesus lives in us by the third person of the Godhead, by the Holy Spirit of God. Remember Acts 1.8, here we are on the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says this um, in verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power, that word power, the same word here in Ephesians 1.19, dunamis, dynamite. Power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in, in, uh, in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That power is what? The indwelling Spirit of God. The third person of the Godhead is the power plant that lives in every believer. The outside source that every believer has. Do you know if you take that top fuel dragster and you pull that uh, 488 cubic inch Keith Black aluminum Hemi out of that thing, it's going nowhere. It can go about as far as you could tow it or push it. What happened? You pulled the power plant out of it. Yeah. Do you know how many Christians try to live like a, dra- like a top fuel dragster with their power plant shut off? With it turned off? You, 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 you know, you ever, you ever go out to get the car started and you're like, boy, huh, won't start, huh? You know, and you realize, you know, maybe something as simple as, uh, oh, yeah, it was in neutral. <laughs> it was, yeah, how many rooms of the cars, you barely get them out of park, right? And it won't start and you had it towed and you had like $5,000 worth of work done and you find out, oh, it was the neutral safety switch was engaged. <laughs> That's all it was, right? No. How many, no, how often do we live our Christian life, Right? We live this life and we don't flip the switch. We don't flip the switch. The power plant is the Holy Spirit of God. Over in Hebrews 3 and verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly all above all that we ask or think. How? According to the power that worketh in us. It says here, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward? Christian this morning, we have a life to live. We listen, as adopted children of God, we are now connected to the same to the to the to the same uh, um, 
program as the Lord Jesus Christ. We're, we have the same program as Jesus, which is to go in all the world and preach the gospel and reach the lost and, and, and tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. But listen, we can't do it in ourselves. We need the power to do it. And that power to do it, as Paul wants us to remember, he, says, he said, Lord, open the eyes of their understanding. Lord, help them to see this. Lord, help them to understand not, 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 only, not only what their inheritance is, right? Not, not only uh, what their calling is. Not only what glory they are as an inheritance to Jesus Christ. But Lord, would you remind them? Would you open the eyes of their understanding that they have a source of power living right inside of them to live a godly, holy Christian life, to live like Christ? Well, that's good news, friend. Because if you've ever tried to Christian life, Without it, you've known this, you fail. And you go, I'm done. I can't do this. That's the best day you could ever come to in your life. To say, I can't do it, that's, you, have, you have come almost to the place of arriving where God wants you to be. Because you know what you'll hear when you come to that place? The Spirit of God in some way saying, good, finally, thank you. Now let me do it. You know, the world still marvels at the splitting of atoms for the atom bomb. It's, it's an incredible thing to see. Yet we belong to the God who created the atom. Who created the entire universe and spoken into existence. He is so big that the Bible says that he meted it out with a span. That's a span. You know, psh- did God really have a thumb and a pinky? No. It's an anthropomorphism, right? We give it some human attribute to understand the size of God. He just stuck it into place. The Bible says he counts the aisles of, as, as a very little thing and as a dust on the balance. And he says, the, he, says he moves the, the heart of the kings, you know, whithersoever he will. And he does what he will. He is, he is so big and he is so large and he's so great that he spoke it all into existence. And, 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 and listen, I, I don't believe he's done creating. I, who knows? So God is a creator and, and I'm telling you, but it'll be nothing. Whatever he wants to do, it'd be nothing at all for him to do. It would not tax him one iota to speak anything into existence. And he lives in us by the third person of the Godhead. Listen to me this morning. You have the power of God living in you. You do. So if all power dwells in us, Do you not think that we have the physical, mental, and emotional strength to be a witness to the lost? God's Holy Spirit says, would you give them that tract you got in your pocket? Have you seen all the tattoos? Have you seen all those rings? They're scary. He's got horns. No, have you ever seen that with horns? Sad. God loves them. Jesus went to heaven and he says, now you go get them. Don't worry, I'll, I'll give you the power to do it. You go do what I started. I love them. Yeah. We have that power. Don't you, listen, don't, don't you think that uh, if all power dwells in us, that we have the ability to carry the burdens of others? 
You have the power in you to carry the burdens you're carrying. You have the power in you to carry the burdens you're carrying. Yeah. You have the power in you to carry the burdens you're carrying. Say, are all these people carrying burdens? Yeah, we all are. I just happen to know about a few, but we all are. Amen. And you have the power in you, all of the ability in you. Strap, you're strapped to all of the power that you need and more than you need to carry the burdens you're carrying. Yeah. You have all of the power in you to resist the temptation that is, just seems to never go away. You have all of the power in you to live a wholly separated life. You know, we wring our hands at the world, the way the world's living, and I wonder if they hardly have an example of what a Christian should even look like. It's like we're like, oh, I can't believe they're living like that. Well, do they see a difference anywhere? (laughs) I mean, this is a self-indicting, right? We're indicting ourselves here. And and they say, well, it's it's just too hard to live that way in this world. Uh, do you know what Do you know what the Roman Empire looked like when the Ephesian Church was in existence? Do you know what the Do you know what the uh, the, the Corinth looked like when Paul was writing to the Corinthians, uh, telling them how they ought to live in Christ Jesus? No, we're strapped to the power to be able to do it. Yeah. To obey God in everything. Do you know we have the 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 power living in us to have to uh, to for the ability to to obey God whether it's in giving or whether it's in assembling or whether it's in forgiving one another or whether it's in loving one another. You say, I've got to have power to love. Yes, we do. Yeah. Martin straps himself to it all the time to try to love me. It takes, it's, <laughs> it's hard. I'm telling you, we don't realize what's, what, what, what we have available at, a, at our right here. And this, isn't it amazing? That is one of the things uh, that the Holy Spirit of God wanted recorded. That Paul wanted us, wanted, that his prayer to God in this passage was, please, please, please open their understanding so they see these things. And one of them is, so they see the power that's in them to live the life that God wants them to live. No wonder... No wonder Paul said in the fourth chapter of Philippians, listen to this whole ver- this whole, these whole three verses, not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned that whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound everywhere, and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now here's the verse you know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Amen. Yeah. Why? Why could he say that? Because he knew the power that was in him. The power of the Holy Spirit of God. The third person of the Godhead dwells in you if you're a child of God today. He's in you. Now before we close today, there's only one reason why this power is not available to us. Well, there's two. If you've never been born again, if you've never been born again by the Spirit of God. There's never been a day in your life when you came to God and whatever the words were and essentially said, I'm, uh, you're right, I'm wrong. I believe Jesus. I believe what He said about me. I believe what He said about Himself. I believe what He said about you. I believe what He said about how to have my sins forgiven. I believe what He did on the cross was sufficient to save. I mean, whatever the words were, there was a day and a time in your life when you came before God between you and Him alone personally and admitted and confessed that you were without Christ, and you asked Him 
you asked him for that gift. Yeah. And when you came that day, you immediately were indwelt by the Spirit of God. The only reason you don't have that is you've never done that. And if you're listening online and you're here this morning and you've never done that, listen, today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart, the Bible says. Today, we need to, you need to come today to the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to put your faith and trust in Him today. For who knows what may be on the morrow? For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanisheth away. Amen. How many people go out of this life thinking they had a lot of time left? And they said, no, another day. A more convenient time. More convenient time. If you've never been there, you don't have this. If you've never been born again, you don't have the indwelling Spirit of God. You may be banging your head up against the wall today trying to please God and wondering why you can't do it. It's because He's not in you. But the only other reason comes for a believer at times. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, so simple. Quench not the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. What does it mean to quench? You ever quench a candle? Put it out? Yeah. You may not grab it with your fingers, but tough guys do. So <laughs> I have to lick them first, actually. So <laughs> Make sure I don't get burnt. Quench not the Spirit. Yeah. When we disobey the Spirit of God, we are flipping the switch to the power off. Do you know when that switch is off, if you've ever dealt with any wiring in the house, all of the power that's coming into that sub-panel, if it's on, all the power is there. You've got 200 amps of power sitting and running into that panel and running through wires all over that house. And the only thing that keeps the light from coming on is that one break point in a switch when it's flipped off, the break is cut, and the power going to that switch stops, and it doesn't get any further to turn the light on. The only thing that flips the switch in the life of a believer is when we disobey the Spirit of God. The power is still there, friend. No, you're not losing your salvation. He's not going away. Do you know if the Spirit of God, if you could lose your salvation, your spirit would have to die again. And, and the, <coughs> there's nothing in the Word. Not, not only did we, does Jesus say we have eternal life, what does that mean? It's not life with time unending, but it's life outside of time. It's, 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 it's for no beginning and no end. So once we get eternal life, how do you lose eternal life? How do you stop that? I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the Spirit of God that lives in us. When we disobey the Spirit of God, when we disobey God, listen, the, the switch goes off and the Bible says that we grieve Him. Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Why do we grieve Him? Because He can't leave. Right? We're sealed unto the, Ephesians 4, we're sealed unto the day of redemption. When is that? After we die. What is that seal? It's a king's signet, right? We were looking at the other not too long ago. It's a legal transaction. You have that earnest down payment. But when you grieve, when you, when, when you quench Him, you shut the switch off, and then you grieve him. What does that word grieve mean? It means to break God's heart. When we grieve the Spirit of God, we're breaking his heart. Hey, God is love, right? The Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead, he's fully God. Amen? Yep. He is the same God. What? He, the Holy Spirit of God is love. 
right? He loves. And when we quench him, because we're in a love relationship with him, we break his heart. Some of you may have read read, uh, R.A. Torrey's book on the power of prayer. I'm, I'm sure some in here have read that. Great book. If you ever find it, read it. Excellent book. And at the end of that book, R.A. Torrey, uh, who was not a wild-eyed fundamental Baptist or however we get labeled and stuff. He wasn't, wasn't anything like that. And he was, a, I think, Missionary Alliance or something like that. But R.A. Torrey said at the end of his book, he had a list of things he said that I don't do. Personally, he said. He said, I don't go to the dance. This would have been early 1900s. The ballroom, you know, all those. He said, I don't go to the theaters. Would have been live theaters. He said, I don't play cards. I mean, he went on a list of things that he didn't do. And he said, you know why? He goes, it's not necessarily a list of do's and don'ts and checkoff lists. It's, he goes, I don't do these things because I want the power of God to rest on me. Why? Because the Spirit of God was convicting him. And he said he wanted to be obedient and not go those directions. He didn't want to introduce anything into it. He didn't want to introduce anything into his life that might shut the switch off of the Spirit of God. Listen, please, are you born again? Are you born again today? Amen? You can answer. That's okay. Are you bo- it wasn't rhetorical. Are you born again? Amen. 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 We're part of the greatest family there is. Amen. Absolutely. We have a job to do. And that job is the, that our, a job that our Heavenly Father started when He spoke everything, when He decreed everything to be spoken into existence, when Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. He began that, pro, that, 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 uh, that, that process. God is the greatest missionary there ever was. And the Bible is a missionary book. And you know what? The, the job that he started, he has asked us to continue. Because he loves the world. And the only way we're going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish is if we keep the power switch of the Holy Spirit of God turned on. Let me give you a Bible word. What does it look like? Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. Yeah. I like how that's approached. It's say yes. He doesn't say say no. He says say yes. If you will say yes, the no will take care of itself. Right? You are saying no by saying yes. But focus, I, I like, don't you like positive thinking, right? Focus on the yes. Say yes to God. When you say yes to God, you'll say no to whatever is not of God. Right? So we know it flips the switch off. What turns it on? Just faith. Trusting God in doing what He said to do. Living how He said to live by faith. And Stephen in Acts 6-8, Stephen was full of faith first and power and did great wonders and miracles among the people. What did his faith do? Well, flip the switch on. Why? He was obedient. You know what the people saw? The power of God on him. Listen to me. That power of God in Stephen's life shook the apostle Paul. Saul shook him. To where when he was confronted on the road to Damascus, Jesus said, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What was going on in Paul's life? Conviction. Ever since he's heard the preaching of Stephen and he, and he consented unto his death because he didn't want to hear it anymore when he walked away from that place and saw the power of Stephen. What did they say? They said his face looked as if it were, were an angel. Right. They saw the power of God on Stephen. 
And it, listen, it did something to Paul. He couldn't shake it. You know what the world needs? The world needs a lot of Stevens out there today. Our country needs some Stevens out there and Stevenettes out there today. Or Stephanies, however you want. No, the world needs some, don't they? They may reject, but they know the power of God. Something's different in that life. And when they leave the presence, they're never the same. May God help us. It's there. We have the ability to do that. Are you under a heavy load today? You under a heavy load? Has God put something on your heart that seems impossible to do? Are you struggling under temptation? And it seems like you just can't get there. Listen to me this morning. If we'll walk in the Spirit, we'll have more than enough power to accomplish anything God has asked us to do. You know what sometimes I do? And a lot of times I do. I'm asking God for that supernatural. I said, God, I need your power. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't say this. I don't want to say this. I might get punched in the nose. Right? No. 1 Corinthians 6, 14, And God hath both raised up the Lord and will raise us up by His own power. Think about this today. If the power of God can speak a universe into existence and raise up the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, what on earth is there in this life that can't be accomplished with His power? You have the power switch in your life. You have a switch. Is it on? Is it on? Our Father, thank you this morning for the reminder. I needed this. I needed this reminder so badly of what you have given us to live this life. We, don't, we, we can't live this life in our flesh. We can't live it in our own ability. We will fail every time. We might get some, some strides here and there and start feeling really good about ourselves. But every time we do it in our own power, we are, we are uh, face-to-face with the fact that we can't live this life. And I'm so thankful today that you've reminded us that we have the indwelling Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead. You live in us. And we have all of the power, more power than has ever been necessary to live. Would you help us, O God, to keep that switch on? If we would live by faith and respond to you in faith and respond to you in obedience. When we do those, the the switch will be on. And you'll give us what we need to accomplish what you want us to do. Thank you for the reminder today. Maybe somebody today needs to flip the switch back on. I just pray now your Holy Spirit would convict the hearts of your people and would instruct in what every individual in here needs that you do that work today. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand tonight, this morning, if you would, please. The instrument's going to play. We're going to have time of invitation. You can pray right where you are. Many are praying right now. Is the switch on in your life? Are you living by faith? Are you living in obedience to the Spirit of God? Are you living in obedience to the Word of God? Is there something in your life that God has been challenging you to do and you've been just putting it off out of fear and trepidation? I understand the fear is real. Can I, can I encourage you this morning? 
Whatever God has been moving you to do, would you do it? Would you do it quickly? All, you have all of the power and the ability living in you to do that. Would you do it today? However God's spoken to you, take this time to respond to Him at this time of invitation. If you need to be saved, if you've never been born again, don't leave this place without talking to me. We'll take the Word of God and we'll show you how you can be, have your sins forgiven, be born again, and on your way to heaven. closed in a word of prayer be back tonight six o'clock and uh, back in the back in the um, where are we at Matthew Matthew chapter 16 and uh, a wicked and perverse generation seeketh after a sign that's what Jesus said that's interesting but that can really open up a exciting exciting topic but we'll be back for that tonight looking forward to it and uh, greet one another on your way out and uh, greet our guests so good to have you all today God bless you for being here. So we're going to be closed in a word of prayer. Brother Bob Healy, would you, would you close us in prayer, please?